Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Thank you, Russ Matera, so often called the big voice guy, but he's got a name. We've all got a name. I'm Matt Spiegel. Your name is Bruce Levine, and you are back from Arizona. How was it out there, sir? It, it was uh, too nice to leave. <laughs> it's I mean, because today, you were, you were sun, enjoying all look, the baseball conversation. sun's out. It might be 40 degrees today. Everybody's uh-huh. happy, right, compared yeah. to what was going on here last week. Yes. So Our bar is low. Relative terms, uh, but uh, back home in Chicago and uh, certainly re-energized by some of the things that I uh, saw at the general manager's meetings, Matt. You know, there was a conversation up and back. Have the tides shifted between the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs? Who will be more aggressive? Who is the team with the arrow pointing up? Is it possible both are? Is there an arrow pointing down for the Cubs for a brief period of time as they try to get it to go back up? Those are all questions that need to be answered this offseason. Some of them began to be answered at the GM meetings. That sounds like a tremendous backdrop for conversation. That's what we'll do here for a long show, two hours and 45 minutes. A couple of guests along the way, Mike Farron from MLB Radio and Paul Sullivan from the Tribune. Sully has a write-up of the you uh, Darvish and Christian Yelich tete-a-tete on Twitter last night, which needs some explaining. We'll do that. But we've got sign stealing. We've got a big free agent signing with the closer, Will Smith, which leads me to think, are, are, are things going to be a little quicker this offseason? We've got agent tape to hear from, Rick Hahn, Theo Epstein, and listeners all morning long. Going to be a very crowded, good show. Will a big Cub player be traded? Will Chris Bryant, Will... Wilson Contreras, will Javier Baez sign a long-term contract? That's the latest news from Gordon Whitmire yesterday. As he said, negotiations are on full blast for the Cubs and Javier Baez. So uh, these are some of the questions that need to be answered. On the White Sox side, Jose Abreu back. We'll talk much about that and the ramifications of this him accepting the qualifying offer. And by the way, Matt... Max and Benny's uh, is the place to go, the top deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They invite you to what they call soup season at their Northbrook location. While most call it fall, Max and Benny's invites you to soup fest, matzo ball, chicken noodle, kreplach, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup seven days a week. Max and Benny's checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best full restaurant, without question. The best full bakery. You bet it's delicious. Max and Benny's has a uniquely special new meeting and special event space. They call, uh, they can accommodate 50 to 200 people, parties, 
bar mitzvahs, all celebrations. Max and Benny's is your catering king. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com for great deals. Complete dinner seven days a week, 4 to 9 p.m. Skirt steak, chicken, and the freshest fish in Chicagoland, 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. And so are the rumors about the Cubs and White Sox and what they'll be doing in the offseason. So this rumor of Javier Baez being the one they're working on an extension with, as you mentioned, Gordon Wittenmeyer in the Sun-Times, is that because he is more signable or because they deem him more valuable than Chris Bryant, who's on a similar free agent track? I think that's a great question. I think it's more of the valuable um, commodity, the position he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, the profile he has on the team, the likability. I mean, uh, Anthony Rizzo has been the uh, face of the Cubs since he came here in 2013. Bryant was the sexiest player and the supposed supposed MVP for many years to come when he showed up. But Baez is probably the most popular jersey and most popular marketing item on the team right now. Would you argue that? No, I think he's uh, it's extremely marketable and um, extremely exciting and energy-wise is close. Uh, I mean, he and Rizzo combined are kind of uh, the heartbeat of that team. If, yeah, if you I would, would separate that now. In terms of one versus the other? I would say, I'd say Baez is the, the guy that um, most fans relate to more than Bryant, who's had his physical struggles over the last couple of years and now but he and Rizzo now the now the combination yeah it was it was Brizzo before right right right. I don't think it is any longer no I'm saying Baez and Rizzo are like as I'm thinking about it as we're talking about it those two okay I can buy that right yeah which which is interesting because it does not include Brian it feels it's an awkward moment for for Brian conversation Bruce over the last 10 days a couple people have written and there's been some big opinion pushback as to like wait you guys really want to trade Chris Bryant what are you doing well some of us who were we're talking about that and have brought it up are basing it on what we hear coming out of the org and what kind of makes it like I'm still there in terms of it makes sense to entertain offers for Bryant and that might be the guy that's the most sensible to trade let's set, uh, let's set it up by saying that the Cubs have tried to trade uh, tried to sign Bryant for the last three years we don't know what those offers were right we don't know what the perception was from Bryant and Scott Boris his agent uh, we don't know what their long-term thoughts are. Uh, I can just tell you that money for Chris Bryant is not a driving issue. And I really believe that. And when people say, no, that's got to be BS. Money is always driving these guys because they only play for a certain amount of time. They have a talent level and then a paying level at that talent level for a brief period of time. But Bryant has made more money than Anthony Rizzo for the last three years. And Rizzo has been in the league, you know, four years longer. Mm-hmm. Just by the element of his long-term contract with Rizzo and the arbitration process, which will have Bryant making $18 million this year, Rizzo making fourteen point five, And next year, Bryant gets four years of arbitration because he was started late. Okay, that seventh year. So that works his advantage. Next year, if he has a all-star Chris Bryant type year this year, he'll make $30 million and set a record in arbitration. 
So that means he'll have made close to $70 million in his uh, first six years in the major leagues, which which tells me that making the most money somewhere else and having conversations with him is not the driving force for him. Hmm. He wants to be somewhere where he wants to play and he wants to spend the rest of his career. Is it Chicago? I'm sure he'd like to like it to be that. I'm not so sure it's going to be Chicago. Well, that that's interesting. That's a big uh, sentence to end on, but I'm not so sure. I, I mean, I agree. Yeah. That's, that's why part of why I've been kind of driving the see what you can get out there for Bryant Bus. I heard something this week. I want to know if you you heard it out there while you were in Arizona. Um, I had somebody tell me to be prepared for a Bryant Madden reunion in Anaheim in a couple of years. I mean, I think that's possible. You so know. you've got Bryant and Trout on your team. Once you're post it's fine. I money. mean, you know, the Angels have tried that superstar syndrome to win championships mm-hmm. by getting Hamilton, by getting uh, Pujols for a 10-year deal, mm-hmm. um, you know, meshing them with Trout. And it, it doesn't work without pitching. They haven't had pitching. So you can have all the superstars you want, but if you don't have any starting pitching – Joe is going to be pushing for starting pitching. He's going to be uh, out there hoping that they can bring in uh, some credible pitchers to make that team viable. I think the superstars are great, and but if 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 you look at the way the Cubs went about building their championships, they they signed uh, they signed and traded for all their pitchers. They didn't develop one, right? So. That's kind of what the Angels are going to have to do here over the next couple of years if they're going to be competitive. So, yeah, the Garrett Cole stakes this uh, this winter between the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Angels, even if it's only those three, that man is going to get supremely paid. Staying with the Cubs for a second, are they still frozen in terms of what their overall task list is, in terms of what their overall approach to the offseason is until they get clarity on the Bryant grievance? Yeah, I think they're going to bottom feed for a while, and uh, they. I think they have plans. I, I think the plans are A, B, and C. A, if we sign our top players. B, if we don't. You know, uh, C, if we sign them and we're able to uh, manipulate this by trading some of them for younger talent. So all, all of these come into play for a franchise that can't count on their minor leagues to supply them the uh, the players that they need, knowing that uh, that uh, John Lester and Quintana are just a year away from free agency themselves. So mm-hmm. we're 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 concentrating on wow, the big hitters might all be gone within two years, right? The superstars. But what does that pitching staff look like after next year? And what is it even going to look like this year, knowing one guy and John Lester is starting to age, and the other guy ended the season with the worst uh, worst part of his career, uh, the, probably the last eight out of the last ten starts. Right. So this this is why, among other things, we'll be talking about this hour, is a brand-new director of scouting 
Um, the guy who's going to be in charge of the drafts because they have fallen behind greatly over the last few years. So we'll get to Theo Epstein on that. In terms of the White Sox, we get a Jose Abreu signing or at least an agreement on the one-year qualifying offer. And uh, they're a much-discussed team. You'll hear Scott Boris during this show talking about the White Sox and whether they are desirable and uh, what the approach is there. Um, I, I expect the White Sox to be very aggressive and look to spend some of the money that is sitting right there. How much do you think? Well, they only have 15 mil. Well, now with Abreu's 17, what is it, 32 mil post-arbitration that they've got allotted? That leaves that leaves an absurd well, I think amount they of were money. Right around 90 this last year. But in terms of what is guaranteed moving forward for this 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 season, how much you want them to spend? They, they draw 1.9 million. Um, boy, you know, in terms of what your payroll ought to be, one, it, again, 1.9 million. Mm-hmm. An, a new television network without the Cubs, okay? So there's no cross crossover between the teams. Cubs and the White Sox mm-hmm. as far as the fans looking at both. They have to have separate regionals that they're looking at. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, how much do you think they could uh, spend and still, uh, you know, break even or make some money? $90 million, $100 million? To get up to the, that maybe range, maybe a little this higher. Year? Maybe a little higher. One twenty, somewhere in there. Yeah, probably. But I, I mean, with um, with arbitration, and everything else, I would say maybe they have, I don't know, forty, fifty million dollars to spend this year. There were sixteen teams above one hundred million dollars last year. The Brewers at a hundred and eight mil. The Diamondbacks at ninety six, sixteen and seventeen. That's your split in terms of where opening day is. I think the White Sox have all kinds of room, will want to spend. Are they desirable for the kind of guys they're, they're going to chase? You know, again, um, so they've added on eight, at least $18 million for this year, right, with Abreu. You weren't figuring that into it. Yeah, it was in the 32. Oh, so you're talking about guaranteed contracts? Right, right. Okay. So, again, I, I think if you talk about $100 million, you know, 90 to $100 million, mm-hmm. I think that might make sense. It probably gives them a lot of latitude. Uh, I don't know if you're figuring arbitration into it right now. They don't have a lot of uh, money that uh, they're owed to their young players because they're not in that category yet. But, you know, a guy like uh, Robert might sign that same contract before opening day that uh, Eloy Jimenez did. So that'll be probably another, what do you want to call it? Seven, ten. Seven, eight, ten, yeah. As it escalates up to up the ladder. So... Uh, again, uh, they have money to spend. Do you, as a White Sox fan, automatically expect them to spend it all? I, I expect them, as a White Sox fan, look, I'm, I'm not. But if, if they were, it, 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 if you're a White Sox fan, you're looking at this offseason and you're like, all right, deliver me something. Mm-hmm. Like, as I look at them, this should be a year where you decide on a couple of targets and you go get them. And if that means you have to spend a little bit more than Nick Castellanos might get from another team, just so you can lock him into you, if that's your target, or if you decide it's Ozuna or Cole Calhoun, right. I don't care. Like Whichever one you decide, nail it. I can spend $50 million for you in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Keiko, right? Wheeler and Castellanos. That's your off season for the Chicago White Sox. I think a White Sox fan would feel terrific about that. Yeah, so we, absolutely so, should. So right there is fifty million dollars. Okay. okay, I mean, I, I think Keiko is 
12 to 14 million. I think that um, that Wheeler is 15 to 17 million. And I think that Castellanos is 18 to 20. You've got a decision to make as you're targeting free agents. Do you want a guy like Keuchel or Hyunjin Ryu who are, you know, they elicit bad contact. They've got the kind of stuff that could age and should age pretty well. Uh, yeah. Or do you want... Tell me how long. Do you want a righty velocity guy, a stuff guy to get swings and misses I, I like Zach both. Wheeler? I want both. Well, then there you go. They're so. there. And they have the money for it. If Now... Will they come to the White Sox? Will they say, you know what? We're looking at the White Sox like John Lester looked at the Chicago Cubs Mm -hmm. in 2015, right before in 2014 when he signed in December of that year. Um, We we can be the final piece. This is a terrific city with terrific young players and a fan base that will catch fire once this team uh, starts to move forward into the 80s and 90s and wins, uh, this is a place to be. That's the, that's maybe even a bigger question. Equal offers from other teams, does that excite these players more than coming to Chicago and being a part of this uh, new rebuild that the Chicago White Sox have put together? No, I think they're going to have to overspend. It doesn't have to well, be stupid for money. Uh, the, the Cubs did? Yeah. Well, but the White Sox are gonna are gonna have to just uh, to lock to lock folks o- overspend in. Overspend is a is a relative term, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you know, if you start to win, you're probably gonna bump up from one point nine mil to two and a half or something like no, that. But either no, 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 I think so. No. But I mean, but either way, attendance no. is is you know the driver of of income. And ability to spend comes from MLB Advanced Media, comes from national revenue sharing of the TV deals. It's not quite but, as direct with attendance like is, it used to be. A lot of that is based on the marketing of the team and those products that are being sold, the, the media that's being sold, mm-hmm. all those things that come back to how many people are paying attention to your team. So it's it's a cycle of, okay, attendance doesn't mean everything. You're right about that, Matt. Teams can make money without huge attendance, but the marketability and the sales of the MLB product, that de- that's determined by how many people are paying attention. This is a moment um, for White Sox fans to be paid off and for excitement to keep on building as you are clearly ramping in the right direction. To miss greatly this offseason would be very damaging to the morale what of the White would, Sox fans. What would a miss be, be to you? Not getting... Any of the top mm, six position players, like, you know, five or six, like not getting Grandal or Castellanos, Calhounos, you know, whichever corner infielder you want. So not getting any of those guys. You're not going to get Rendon, but, you know, not getting any of those guys and then having to settle pitcher-wise for, say, I don't know, Wade Miley as your best pitcher that you acquire. Yeah, I, I think you're in agreement with the White Sox. They... They need. They know they need better players, better pitchers, better position player veterans mm-hmm. to go along with their mix of young guys, and I think they're going to do everything they can to get that done. This hour is brought to you by Illinois Secretary of State's office. Visit www.realidilsos.gov. We'll uh, take a break, come back, take your phone calls all morning long. Mike Farron, the Diamondbacks pre and post man, and also MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM is going to join us next. 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 6711. Before we bring in Mike, we'll uh, explain the Darvish Yelich thing from last night and uh, update that before the conversation. It's inside the clubhouse on the score.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That it's probably best for everyone else not to comment at the moment and just let uh, let MLB take the lead, but um, certainly not something to be swept under the rug. You know, it needs to be fully investigated and bring light to it. And um, I'm sure there will be uh, appropriate action taken. That's Theo Epstein on the Astros sign-stealing allegations. It's inside the clubhouse. On 6-7 score, I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine. So, Bruce, um, yesterday, Bleacher Nation, the Cubs blog, wrote up something on a you Darvish thing that he had published talking about the sign-stealing and the World Series, and you kind of let people in on, on his thought process and how it felt in 2017. And within that, he commented on playing somewhere on the road where he's, in Milwaukee. Well, he didn't say he didn't say Milwaukee, but then Bleacher Nation took it a little further and said was it here because he said somewhere on the road where he saw guys looking towards left center, looking towards their bullpen during at bats and so he would step off the rubber. Then Bleacher Nation did a little video saying, "Oh, is this it?" because it showed Christian Yelich doing it and Darvish commented back on Twitter that uh yeah, to be clear, he steps off, steps. He looks towards left center, and then I step off the rubber. Not sure what he was doing. So there's no accusation there. It's just you saying that's interesting that he was looking that way. I think that's where the uh, Yelich family seats are. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he's looking for his wife and uh, his family up there. <laughs> Well, the revelation in you's thing about the 2017 World Series is that it could happen on the road. And Carson Smith had said, like, sometimes a bullpen catcher, and you know about this stuff, put his arms up if it's going to be a fastball. Bullpen catcher puts his arms down if it's going to be off speed. And that's enough sometimes. So if that was happening. I mean, sure, continue. Yeah, well, so just Yelich saw Darvish say on Twitter, quote, I'm not sure what he's trying to do, but to be clear, his eyes move first. That's why I step off. And Yelich says, quote, be better than this. Nobody needs help facing you. Ooh, it's so mean. So schoolyard. Such a shot. So score. So def- <laughs> <laughs> Old score. So defensive. Christian Yelich, what are you being defensive of? And Darvish said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm not saying you're stealing signs. Josh Donaldson hopped in, which is hilarious. I'll take all the help I can get. <laughs> I could use some help. What you got? So, I mean, you know, who's crapping who? The old... Uh, Terry Bohr's term right here. Uh, who's who are you crapping, uh-huh. right? Sign stealing, really? It was just invented in 2017. No, but technology is the difference maker. Probably not. It, they've been using television technology and stealing signs for 50 years. Well, but 
but it was declared full-on illegal, and they sent out guidelines in 2018 and said, hey, everybody, stop doing this. Well, maybe it doesn't mean anything to you, but it clearly means a lot to a lot of players around this league. You or you? You. Why owe you? Oh. No, you poo-pooing it with your condescending. I'm I'm not condescending you or the subject. I'm telling you it's been going on for 50 years. Yeah. Well, but but there's a difference. Years. But there's a difference between fifty years with television. Well, there's a difference between reading it as a human on the field and being able to nail it because you're picking it up versus using a camera and then they've been using cameras for forty years. Well, they should stop still. doing that. Why? Because the league is telling you that they should. So stop. what? That and, that sign stealing is a part of the game. Okay. Now, when you want to draw the line and you say the technology, and I agree with you on this level. The technology is so good now yeah. that it's a finite way of being able to cheat, and it, it, it impacts players, teams' results, people's careers, uh-huh. all of that. But it always has. I understand. But now the ability to use technology well or at all, separating one team from another – is a massive advantage. That's why people are reacting so strongly. And it is it's full- an advantage, a big advantage, if you're really good. It, but it's illegal, full it, stop. If you're really good. But it's illegal, full stop. It's it, against the rules. We're, we're talking, you know, guys that are the best in the game uh, going in, up and back with each other. How about how about the little guys that are able to stay in the game because of it uh-huh. or, or are driven out of it? All I know is I have noted how much better guys like Bregman and Springer have gotten as contact hitters over the last few years and how improbable that you know, is on you know some why? level. They're really good. Well, that might not be all. Let's talk to our friend Mike Farron, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks pre and post, the excellent MLB radio network host who joins us on Inside I'm the Clubhouse. Paul Rally every, every morning. Monday Uh through Friday Mm -hmm. with our friend Jim Duquette. Occasionally on Friday, it's uh, the combination of the general managers and Mike on Power Alley. And he joins us now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're we're good. We're we're feisty. We're fighting. We're we're fist fighting (laughs) over technology. Maybe you can help us out. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, think, one, I think that this is... um, I mean, at least internally in baseball, this is a pretty significant scandal. Um, you know, the allegations, if they are true against the Astros of, of using technology to steal signs in real time, was expressly verboten. And the, the commissioner of, of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, issued a statement about this uh, basically while that was going on. Remember, in 2017, there was the issue with the Apple Watch that the Red Sox were allegedly um, watching stuff in the video room and using electronic communication to get it to the bench to try and steal signs. And he should find and said, you know, if anybody does this again, it's going to be more severe. Well, that was, you know, a couple months before, you know, that the video footage that you know, a couple of guys on the Internet have managed to find of, of the Danny Farquhar incident um, in September. And there have been you know, myriad uh, posts that have happened since then. So, you know, I think I heard you guys talking a little bit about it. I mean, some of the technology, you know, I think if you're using video to study opposing teams and find the signs and, and decode them, then that's, you know, like you're doing that in the video room or you're doing it before starts or finding tendencies. I mean, I think that that's probably fair game. But watching in real time and decoding it, that to me is um, an abuse of, of technology. And, and I think that what's going to be really interesting to watch, especially next week at the owners' meetings, 
is how Major League Baseball addresses this and what some of the things that are put in place to try and even the playing field in that regard and just not like not making it accessible to players in real time. And personally, I think that, you know, like they should go as far as to ban players from going into the video game during the game. I mean, guys go back there to look at swings or look at you know, pitches or whatever. I don't think that there's any real need to do that in game. You have enough time after games and, and before the next one to be able to, to look through that stuff. I think it would be a huge benefit to baseball if players were banned from the video room in game. So if I would tell you that in uh, 40 years ago, well, 30 years ago, that I walked into a, uh, a coach's office and that um, I was setting up some technical things for a radio station and uh, I saw him with a object in his hand it had two buttons on it. There was a red and a yellow button and that uh, it, it showed red for fastball, yellow for breaking ball, and it flashed on a scoreboard. Would that shock you guys? No. Okay. I mean, is that, is that any different in real time than what's going on now? Well, they didn't get caught. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's any different in that regard, um, but it doesn't make it right. I mean, there's, listen, you're, you're right in the sense that stealing signs and using electronics to do it um, has been part of the game for a long time. I mean, heck, the, the Bobby Thompson, one of the most famous home runs in right. the right. Bobby Thompson, they had the sign. Right in 1951, the shot heard around the world. The Giants were pretty open about the fact, after the fact, that they stole signs the entire second half of the season and helped to lead them to an incredible run. So, I mean, yeah, no, does that make it right? No, it doesn't make it right. You didn't get caught doing it. Yeah, you're right. You're, you got caught. Yeah, other teams, other teams are doing it or other teams have done it. Is not is not a clean and good defense to me. These guys yeah. have now been busted, and we have evidence of what these guys have done, which has been furthered by some tremendous Twitter sleuthing uh, that mm-hmm. went on from Rob Arthur uh, yesterday um, in, in terms of dissecting the audio and hearing bangs going on. In, in well, he's that John Boy who runs the, the yes Yankees blog. It's been like the best internet. He's like the best new baseball Twitter guy of the year. Like. He's done an incredible job. Absolutely, absolutely. But so now we have evidence that they've done it. We don't know for sure that every other team does it the same way. So it, it, you know, we have an advantage, a clear evidentiary advantage for the Astros. What might the punishment be? I know you talked about getting guys out of the video room, Mike. um, But but overall, I mean, do you take draft picks? From the Astros, would they dare well, vacate wins from the Astros? I don't think we're going to vacate wins. I mean, this isn't the NCAA. So I mean, <laughs> Chris Webber's college career is exists <laughs> in Major League Baseball, right? So, right. so I, I think what's probably more likely is that the penalties are are significant fines and draft picks, because that's specifically what Rob Manfred said in the statement that he issued in 2017. That that would be one of the things that they did, and that's something that. that profound impact on the organization. I mean, the Red Sox just went through this with a separate scandal with, with, with bonus, uh, bonuses internationally where they were um, you know, paying basically like package deals. Um, it's similar to what led to John Capuola's ban with Atlanta. The reason that Capuola got banned wasn't for the transgression, but because he lied to investigators about it and they had proof that he was lying. Um, so what 
there, there is history in trying to take away the funds the teams have to be able to, to you know, procure amateurs. And that's the lifeblood of, of building an organization. So I would think that they would probably be, if, if Major League Baseball is investigating this fairly quickly, you know, finds this to be the case, my guess is that they would throw the book at them. And, and it's just, it's a bad look overall. And again, like, you, you're right. They're not the only team that's doing this, but they're the only one that's been caught to this point. What will be really interesting to see what happens is, okay, let's say that, that, that there are severe penalties and they get caught and whatnot. Well, let's see who ends up getting nailed you know, after that, too. But, you know, maybe the Astros have something on somebody else that they're willing to share with investigators, and all of a sudden you see multiple teams that end up suffering that suffering some sort of penalties. So, I mean, you know, it, it's... <laughs> It's a real wild time. I think in a lot of respects, the scandal is it just cuts to the heart of competition more so than even the steroid scandals of the 90s and 2000s did. I mean, this is really, if, if the alleged facts are true, or the alleged incidents are true, um, this is a terrible, terrible Don't get caught, uh, Mike Farron tells you, from MLB uh, Radio Network, and he's a broadcaster doing pre- and post-game with the Arizona Diamondbacks, as well as many games on the year during the season, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse for a few more minutes. What was your takeaway uh, at the GM meetings when I was uh, along with you there? Um, did you have any any feel for uh, Scott Boris or any of the uh, GMs that you talked to that uh, this offseason is going to be different compared to the last two as far as free agent movement? Yeah, you know, I, I thought the one thing that Scott said that was really interesting was that owners and teams had been meeting with him much sooner this winter than they had in the past. Um, and I think that that's kind of interesting, um, or at least that they had over the course of last year that he's already taken more meetings with, with teams and that there's been a feel from ownership that they wanted to get things done sooner. I don't know if that's a directive from MLP that they, that they realize what kind of a, a, a drag the last two years have been on, on the perception of the product, or if this is born more of just you know coincidence or what. But I certainly think that 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 was somewhat encouraging. And I think it was encouraging that Will Smith signed a, a, a free agent contract with a new team before the qualifying offer deadline. I mean that took the, the top reliever off the board. Um, and while he may not be the sexiest name, I do think, you know, my hope is that it thaws the market and it tends to be when you see a reliever go, there tends to be a run on relievers. So we'll see what happens to Drew Pomerantz and Daniel Hudson and whatnot. And I do think that, you know, like Washington's in a position where they have two key free agents in Strasburg and Rendon, and they are not going to wait around. I mean, we saw that last winter with Harper that, right. you know, if they don't get a sense fairly early that they're going to be able to re-sign one or both of those guys, they'll move on to the next option. So I think that's encouraging. I think there are also more teams that are in um, that have some pressure on them to win. I mean, I think the White Sox fit, fit into that. You know, White Sox, Padres, Phillies, uh, Blue Jays. I think some of these teams that have been through you know, either rebuilds or reboots are now coming out on the other end of it, and they're in the part where they need to start seeing some tangible evidence of their success on the major league level. 
um, where the front office would be looking for work. And so I think that that probably helps to drive it as well. So I'm hopeful still that it's going to be better than the last two winters have been. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that there's, it certainly is going to be interesting to watch how organizations, you know, try to monitor this and, and try to figure out you know, what's going to happen. I don't get this. I don't get a great sense on the trade market right now. I don't know if you did, Bruce. But I just yeah. didn't have a good feel for anything. It seems like most teams are really even more so than they would be at the GM meetings focused on free agents, probably because it's pretty flush with starting pitching. Mike, we appreciate your time. Keep up the great work on Power Alley MLB Radio. It keeps me going when I'm flipping up and back between the score and you guys every morning. Uh, keep up the great work with the Diamondbacks, and we'll talk to you down the line, okay? Always a pleasure, guys. Take care. All Thank, right, thanks. thanks, Mike. I've heard the show is good. I'll check it out sometime. Appreciate you. <laughs> Mike Farron right. joining us and spent a lot of time here in Chicago on the radio at WGN and a great guy and a really, really good and smart baseball guy joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. We're going to continue to take your calls here at 312-644-6767. Paul Sullivan of the Tribune, who was also at the meetings with me, and Mike will be joining us at the top of the hour. We'll be talking a lot about uh, the Cubs and White Sox, their moves and non-moves, free agency, trade, everything else here on Inside the Clubhouse. When we come back, some specifics on if this offseason is moving faster than last year or if it just feels that way. I got some, uh, some dates and figures to throw at you. Last year's hot stove season was brutally slow overall. The first free agent signing of consequence was Josh Donaldson on the 24th of November. One-year deal to the Braves. And then Patrick Corbin signed on December 7th to the Nationals. We got Will Smith on, what, the 13th of November here to the Braves for a three-year deal. Do you get a sense, Bruce Levine, that things will move a little bit quicker this offseason? I would say that they're going to try to, and I think Major Major League Baseball knows in their own mind that uh, it's really essential not to have off-seasons where their product is boring and there's no movement and there's redundancy in shows like ours and redundancy in the Major League Baseball television network and radio network. This is not good. This is not selling baseball right. in the off season where most fans have been trained over their lifetime to pay even closer attention to the off season to see how their teams are going to be uh, re-energized, repaired, uh, changed. You know what's going to be different. I mean, it's. I think it's it's a bigger time of year for people who uh, look at um, you know social media and listen to radio stations like ours because. Uh, everyone has that hope again of uh, 30 teams starting out zero and zero. Yeah, and a deathly pause like last year does nothing good for hope. This segment is brought to you by your Chicagoland Papa John's. Papa John's is giving you a free pizza this weekend. Buy one pizza at regular price and get a second pizza of equal or less value for free. Use promo code Free Pizza Day on the Papa John's app or online at PapaJohns.com. That's promo code Free Pizza Day. Chuck is in Wheaton and is now on the score. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning. Um... Bruce, you, you've got the, the sign-stealing thing pretty well, and baseball's had a mechanism to take care of that forever. It's real easy. Baseball teams always know when somebody's trying to steal signs from them. They don't, they don't always know how, but they always know it's happening. Right. Exactly. If you, you call a curveball, send it to the batter, and then you throw a high-hard one and knock him on his ass, and he looks at the dugout and says, where was the curve? Don't give me any more signs. Right. And well, they've always handled it just like that. How do you do that when every player on the team is doing it? How do you do that? 
Bruce, no, I'm asking. I'm no, asking you. I mean, I thought you were talking to the caller. No, I, I'm asking. No, you. you can't. I mean, the technology is that good, but it's not every player because when one one time when this does occur and somebody does knock you down, uh, not everybody's going to use the technology uh, because they are going to be in fear of getting, uh, re- you know, the retaliation. You know, retaliation is real. Retaliation is. Hey, why did he just throw a pitch at my? batter's head mm-hmm. you're watching a game and you're going this guy is pinpoint control why is he throwing at a guy's head and then you have the answer right there many times that people are warning other people we think you're stealing signs when you see a great pitcher in the first second or third inning get knocked out on a regular basis and you wonder why and then you look at the talent level and you look at the other team and you look where they're playing, there's a lot of answers for you. Right, but I, I agree that, that that's how Don Drysdale or Pedro Martinez might have handled it. Um, but is that good for the game to have that happen now, to have knockdown pitches be the answer and response? I don't think that's good. In, it's the only the way to defend way. yourself. No, I think you, you, well, I think you could legislate. You'd really try to you legislate, can't legislate against it. during a game. No, you got to win that game. Yeah, okay, but more more beans, bean balls at the head with um, dangerous weapons like a ninety five mile an hour fastball. You do have to move the guy off the plate, right? Well, that that's that's fine throwing yeah. inside, but either way, um, don't you think that legislating against this would be sensible? When obviously there's a multitude of players who believe this is wrong, it's and not, not everybody's doing it. it. It's logical. It's sensible. It's not going to stop it. It, it can. Deter it if they're if the Astros are fined ten million dollars and lose their second and third draft pick. I think that's a deterrent. I think people are going to think twice about getting caught. Getting caught, okay, not necessarily still not cheating. Uh, how they cheat, you know, what what level is cheating acceptable when players do it mm. or when technology does it? Is it okay with you if players do it? That has been yes. Yes, it has been clearly defined and delineated okay. that technology is your deal breaker here. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, again, this is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of minutiae to, to go through with this, and it's not going to be finite when they come up with a decision on what to do with Houston, but it can be, and, and I think you're right to point out that it can be a big deterrent for people you know, using real-time stealing of signs. 670, the score is where you are. Lots more conversation with you, lots more calls. Paul Sullivan from the Tribune is up next on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. We're here for a long time today till 1145, extra bonus time. Absolutely. So keep it right here on the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.